I think there will be some uh, indication around the timing of uh, tapering, although what they learned very much from the previous taper, ta- taper tantrums, uh, to get that out clearly, is that they want to take their time and give the markets as much uh, opportunity to absorb the news. Um, but I don't expect it will be aggressive commentary. Um, but, of course, everyone will be reading into it, uh, every word that's said. So it will be very, very interesting to, to hear what he has to say. Thanks very much, Toby. Have a great weekend. That's Toby Lawson, who's the CEO of Society General India. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Markets in Asia are slipping further. The ASX 200 now off a quarter of a percent. Uh, the Nikkei 225 in Japan is down 0.9 percent. Stocks in Korea have opened. Uh, the Cosby's off a third of a percent. Futures markets indicating about a 50, 60 point decline for the Hang Seng at the open. Well, do have a great weekend. Thank you very much for listening this week. Please tune in again on Monday morning at 8 o'clock. And stay tuned to Radio 3 for Back Chat with Hugh Chiverton and Danny Gittings. That's coming up right after the 8.30 news. The weather forecast, mainly cloudy, occasional showers and squally thunderstorms. Uh, Those showers are going to be heavy in some areas in the morning. Maximum temperature of around 31 degrees. The outlook is for a few showers and sunny intervals over the weekend and early next week. There is a thunderstorm warning in force right now and it's 25 degrees, 92% relative humidity. It's 8.31 and a half. Here's Barry O'Rourke with the half-hour news. The State Council has approved a plan for the Guangdong, Hong Kong and Macau governments to jointly organise the next national games in 2025. Erin Tam reports. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has welcomed the development. She said after Hong Kong's record showing at the recent Tokyo Olympics, co-hosting the National Games will offer another major boost to local sports development. The State Council says the national sports event will mainly be funded by the three governments, with the central government providing a one-off subsidy. The National Games take place every four years, and this year's event will open in Shanxi province next month. U.S. President Joe Biden has called U.S. service members slain in Kabul heroes. These American service members who gave their lives, it's an overused word, but it's totally appropriate here, were heroes. Heroes who have been engaged in a dangerous, selfless mission to save the lives of others. The man who led the European Union's negotiations on Brexit, Michel Barnier, has said he will challenge Emmanuel Macron in next year's French presidential elections. The BBC's Danny Eberhardt has more details. Michel Barnier announced his candidacy on primetime television, declaring he wanted to be president of a reconciled France. It opens a new front in an election that has, up to now, been widely seen as a race between President Macron and the far-right politician Marine Le Pen. Mr Barnier won plaudits across the EU for the unruffled way he handled the fraught years of Brexit negotiations and enjoys the kind of international profile most French politicians would give their right arm for. He's also held high office in France, including as foreign minister under Jacques Chirac. A group of women have begun a 10-day walk from the Welsh capital Cardiff to the former Royal Air Force base at Greenham Common in England, reenacting the anti-nuclear protest 40 years ago that sparked a peace camp which lasted 19 years. The BBC's Mark Hutchings reports. Oh, 
A new rendition of an old peace camp favourite. A familiar refrain for those women who gave up time, in some cases years, to protest about the stationing of nuclear cruise missiles at Greenham Common. Well documented is the camp's 19-year history. It didn't disband until 2000, although the missiles left in 1991. Less well known, the march from Cardiff that started it all, with the original plan simply to complain to those in charge of the military base, then leave. And finally, police in London have arrested animal rights activists after red dye was released into the fountains opposite Buckingham Palace. The group, Animal Rebellions, said it had turned the water feature outside Queen Elizabeth's residence blood red to highlight the use of crown land for hunting. There'll be more news on the hour from RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Backchat. I'm Hugh Chewerton, your co-host today is Danny Gittings. Danny, good morning to you. Good morning. Today we're talking about Democrats and the US Vice President's Southeast Asian tour. The Chief Executive Carrie Lam says the value of political parties should be called into question if they have no plans to take part in elections. She said if a political group says it will never take part in Hong Kong's elections and will not, will not join the political system, then that's a bit strange. Lam reiterated that Hong Kong's elections allow people with various views to take part as long as candidates are patriotic. So what does the government want Lechko elections to be like? Localist Chang Jung Tai failed John Lee's candidate eligibility review committee test and has now been unseated from Lechko. What do we learn from that? Let us know your thoughts. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us, backchat at rthk.hk or call us on 233-88266. After 9.15, we're going to be talking about uh, Kamala Harris's trip to uh, Southeast Asia, Singapore and Vietnam. Uh, how did that go? What do we learn about the uh, position of the United States and of China? Uh, once again, our email address is backchat at rthk.hk. Joining us for our discussion today, we have with us uh, Clement Wukinman, who's chairman of the Taipo South Area Committee, a former member of the Taipei District Council, Lokin Hay, Chairman of the Democratic Party, John Burns, Emeritus and Honorary Professor in the Department of Politics and Public Administration at the University of Hong Kong, and Alan Lung, who's co-convener of the Path of Democracy. Once again, our email, backchat at RTHK. Uh, Lokin Hay, let's start with you this, uh, first. G- good morning, welcome to Backchat. Uh, Lokin Hay? Yes. Yes. Now, well, your response to Kerry Lam's uh, comments earlier this week, uh, basically saying a political party, um, clearly with uh, the Democratic Party in mind, uh, has has no purpose if it doesn't stand for election. Well, I, I actually think that there is a lot of different roles that a political party can play in Hong Kong. Of course, uh, running in an election is uh, something that uh, a normal uh, political party uh, would like to do. Uh, that is uh, very. Uh, normal uh, and, and I would like to say that uh, in a normal situation and in a normal uh, environment uh, and normal society uh, a political party should also try to uh, get a chance to rule that is something that I think uh, for a normal society that that, that is uh, a very simple and straightforward thing but of course in Hong Kong we know that if you try to rule uh, that would, would uh, bring you a lot of trouble, and you can't you can't do that. And so that we we didn't have chance to to actually uh, uh, be be part of that. Uh, so this is also strange. And 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 actually, I think that is uh, uh, today's Hong Kong uh, is there's there's a lot of strange things happening every day, including Carrie Lam still in her position. 
you know, uh, she's the she's the chief executive who created so many problems and and and, and things like in the past two years, and she's still there and she's not uh, taking responsibility and stepping down and trying to uh, gain a re-election. That is the strangest thing I think in Hong Kong that is happening. So. Um, but for, for, for political party, I think for democratic party, uh, of course we consider whether or not we will run in the legislative council election. Uh, and at the same time, we have a lot of different things that we can do in order to achieve what we wanted, uh, including uh, helping the community, uh, including uh, trying to uh, fight for democracy in Hong Kong. Uh, we, we still have a lot of different things that we can do. What are the chances of avoiding a split in the Democratic Party? I mean, your party's sharply divided with, uh, and even people have been attacking each other from two sides um, about whether or not to stand for election. Surely um, you, you, you delay the decision. I think you say you're going to have to take a decision next month in September. Isn't it reality some people from the losing side of whatever that decision is are just going to leave the party? John Burns, good morning to you. Good morning. And thanks for joining us. Can you see a future for the Democratic Party, or do you think it will go the way of the uh, Professional Teachers Union, possibly the Hong Kong Alliance, and uh, other sort of democratic institutions like that? I, I think this is, uh, this is an important question. But first, let me address what Lokin Hay has said about the strangeness of the situation we're in. As he points out, political parties are set up to compete for power and to govern. And it is strange that there is only one party in Hong Kong that can do this, the Chinese Communist Party, and it also refuses to participate and compete for power. So it isn't just the Democrats that are refusing to do this. It, I mean, the Democratic Party has a real dilemma here because it is, um, it was set up in part to expand citizen participation. So it is very strange for the authorities to ask them to participate so as to legitimize a new system that restricts citizen participation. So this, I think, 
is the crux of the dilemma. Um, as Loken Hay points out, there are various things that political groups can do. Um, the uh, various commentators such as Chen Fei Lung in Beijing and Lo Man Tun in Hong Kong have more or less threatened pandems, um, saying that if they don't participate, they could be accused of subversion or some kind of thing like this. I think we have to consider the voters, the people who support the pandems, and th this this group has ranged from 40 to 50 percent. And if the if there are any candidates who voters perceive are just uh, some kind of put-up job and are not um, standing firm on some of these core principles, such as expanding citizen participation, I think the voters will just turn their backs on these people, too. Uh, Clement Wu, how about that? No, Clement morning. Wu, good morning. Good morning. Um, how about that, that the voters will just turn their back and we will see a very low turnout? Uh, I, I, I would like to um, respond to uh, what Lowe and uh, Professor Burns uh, said first. Um, I think that this also um, is, is, is the point of view of, uh, of mine. Uh, first of all, Lowe uh, um, talk about it is healthy to have different points of views within a political party. I, I, I think that that would be the case for any political party. It is healthy. and. However, I would have thought that after uh, meaningful deliberation, we sh a, a political party should come to a conclusion. And, and, and to me, uh, it would be strange you know, to have a conclusion and not encouraging or, or even not allowing uh, members to participate in uh, the election in, in Hong Kong and uh, the election for uh, Legislative Council, which is the most important kind of platform for any um, um, uh, people. Any, any citizen, you know, to participate once every four years. So, you know, uh, well, of course, I'll, I'll strongly, uh, you know, um, um, advise uh, people who would like to participate in the political system in Hong Kong to, you know, to try and run, and to try and run, especially uh, from the pro-democracy uh, camp. I'm sure there are uh, many people in the pro-democracy camp who are wholeheartedly, you know, support the city, uh, uphold the basic law, and. Uh, bear allegiance to the um, special administrative region. So, um, you, know, you know, first of all, I, I think the opportunity is there. You know, don't think that uh, you know, they will be disqualified. Oh, um, you know, that some people have been disqualified, so you know, I can't participate and I'm excluded. No, I, I don't think so. You know, looking back at the... Um, yesterday, you know, uh, John Lee, you know, uh, I think the host mentioned, you know, John Lee, the uh, chairman of the candidates, candidates eligibility review committee disqualify um, two um, candidates, you know, running for the um, uh, uh, chief executive um, election committee. Election committee yeah. But there are only two, you know, two out of something like 1,500? I can't remember, 1,400, 1,500. So, you know, vast... Isn't that because they were, they were hardly in any, anybody even close to the Democratic camp in that election? There were only perhaps two or three others who were even sort of considered um, quasi-democrats oh yeah no, no that's why we, we encourage them you know to come forward I'm sure man, you know not many of them you know um, are you know you know would, would, would be disqualified you know if if the, you know if, if, if some people who even say that you know we are not Chinese and you know we don't support the basic law and and, and whatever you know of, of course you know, they'll be disqualified but I'm sure many people especially young bloods in the um, pro-democracy camp they are you know, they, they would be qualified. And I, I, I think it would be sad, you know, for, for some people, especially leaders in some political parties, not 
allowing or not encouraging you know, um, people who have the ambition, you know, to try to participate, to try to serve the community, to try to serve the country, you know, you know decide not to run for the election. If the party, uh, if the parties, you say they came to a conclusion, uh, uh, a unified decision, and the decision was not to, not to uh, put up candidates for, for the uh, election, uh, could they... Could that be an illegal move? Could that be seen as or framed so. as... You don't think so? I don't think so, no. Yeah, okay, all right. It, so. it couldn't be framed as, as blocking... Uh, subversive because you're blocking, oh, no, no. as Tim Fei Long was saying, or others were suggesting. No, I don't think so, no. There'll there, there be too much, I think. And I think it is, it is... You know, there are 7.5... Because you're, 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 you can't stop... You can't advise anyone exactly. not to vote, can you? That's right, to vote or not to vote, to run or not to run. You know, it is... It's, you it's, can't advise people not to run? You, you can't advise people not to vote, can I, you? I, I think being... I don't a, know about standing. Uh, of, of course, you can't advise people to vote or not to vote, who, um, whoever, you know, whatever candidates. But then as a political party, as a political party, you know, if they bear, I, I, I'm not sure, well, no, I'm not Democratic Party, but as any political party, um, I, I think that you can advise your members, you know, bearing the name of the political party to, to you know, to follow a course of action. Okay, that, that, that is possible. But I don't think you can tell them not to vote. Of course, of course not. Of course, that's not possible. That's, that's illegal to tell people not to vote. But, 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 you know, but we, if you we tell people running, not to stand, would that's, that, right. That's, that's right. That's legal. You, you, mean, you mean? I'm sorry. It's, it's not legal to tell people not to, to ask people, to urge people, incite people not to vote exactly. in, in the election. Mm -hmm. What about uh, urging or inciting or recommending people not to stand? I, th I think we can only use the word recommending because, you know, they, they, they have no legal power, you know, to ask, to, you know, to... Well, it's the same with voting. You don't have a... You, it's illegal to, to say to people, exactly. don't vote, but you don't have any legal power no. to stop them, but it's no. still illegal. Mm. I, think, I, think, I think that is... Is that right? I there is one no, okay. important, I think there is one important concept that we have to bear in mind. Uh, for the political party, uh, it is our decision whether to go for the election or not, uh, whether we put up candidates or not. And if somebody don't want to follow this, and if somebody thinks that is that is wrong, uh, and they would very but, much but like you, to you run, see my point. They, they can, but you see my can, point about the voting. Go. It is it is illegal to urge people not to vote, isn't it? Yeah, uh, uh, and, and I think everybody can have a choice. Uh, yeah, have I know. Of course, people, people, exactly, people can choose whether or not. But it's still illegal yeah. under the new laws to stop to urge people not to vote. Yeah, that's uh, illegal. I, I yes, I think I think that is. Uh, so whether is, they can uh, actually do that or not, they're still free, as you say, to to make the decision for themselves. But even to to urge people to do that, that's against the law. Am I right, Bonnie? Well, yeah. hey, let's put it a slightly different way. Are you worried about any possible legal consequences if the party decides not to field candidates? I mean, a lot of things that uh, in Hong Kong we thought were legal, we've discovered are are not are not legal now. Um, is is there is there? Are you concerned that there might be legal consequences if you decide not to run candidates? Well, uh, I, I think uh, to me. At this point of time, I still believe that uh, a political party has its own right whether to put up candidate or not. And if a party member doesn't agree with that, uh, she or he is so free to leave the party. Uh, we don't stop people from leaving us. So they have every chance to go to the election if they want to. Uh, so uh, I think to the, uh, the Democratic Party, if you tell me that is uh, illegal, then please, the government should please tell us directly. Don't just, don't just 
be so big and and I don't want to be involved in some illegal process. So please tell me directly. Yeah, Alan Lung, good morning to you. Thanks for, for joining morning. us once again, co-convener of the Path of Democracy. It's a funny kind of situation, this, isn't it, where you've got the, the administration uh, urging the Democratic Party to take part in elections. It's a weird reversal. <laughs> I think as political leader of, a, of or as the leader of a party, the uh, uh, Hay should represent a position. Now he's very ambivalent. You know, he said, oh, let let the party tell me." But all other party leaders uh, in other places, Japan or wherever, they represent a position, and they they will stand by this position or whether to go or not to go go uh, allow their their party members to vote, and. And at the moment, uh, as usual, the Democratic Party is in a very ambivalent position. I was told that the members are split 50-50. And I'm, I'm certainly this 50-50 situation can be influenced by the uh, party chairman, not because he was elected party chairman anyway. So, you know, this, this ambivalent position, whether to go, go allow party members to vote or not to vote, is very strange as well. Oh, you know, as, 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 a party, as a party leader, you don't worry about whether it's legal or not. You, you don't, and, uh, and, uh, You don't I, need to worry. I need to. You, you, please, well, please be realistic. Come on. Well, let, let me finish, right? I actually They're talking uh, about, they're talking I, about national security laws. I you can lock up people before having 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 the the, the hearing. I, I actually I actually interviewed uh, one of the key uh, key opinion leader of the Democratic Cap, George Cotterley, and it, the interview is on is on uh, on uh, YouTube. It actually said uh, that you're ambivalent, you split fifty fifty, and you don't want to take a decision. And he he probably spoke to you. You know, he spoke to a lot of people. He said, you know, that will probably include you. Oh, well, let's actually, sorry, let's put that to Lokin Hay. Um, the, the, Alan Lung's assessment that the Democratic Party is split 50-50 either way. Would, would you agree with that? Uh, I, I, I don't think so, but, um, of course, uh, I think, I think there are, there are a lot of people telling me that I should take a stand and I should lead the party in some way. Uh, I thank them for their advice, but uh, I think everybody has a different leading style. And, and my leading style is to have all my party members together to make a decision together and to, and to, and to bear the responsibility together. And, and, and I hope them to respect this as well. Are you? I, I, I certainly understand that Lokini uh, is trying to hold the party together. That, that is a relevant point as well. Um, Alan Lung, how about the position of uh, Roy Kwong, uh, Kwong, Kwong Chung-Yu, who was seen as a um, really a, a ra in the radical vanguard? Uh, I mean, he was on the, on the front lines in demonstrations, but now we hear that he's one of the people who might be pushing for the Democratic Party candidates to stand for election. I, I understand that a lot of people within the Democratic Party uh, uh, wants to run. And those who have really no record of anything they, they would qualify. And, I mean, in this, this uh, difficult times, really, really difficult times for a democratic camp, uh, they have to bugger on, you know, and not give up. Um, and even if they, are, they, they, they feel they are humiliated, as Emily Lau said, they, they, they are humiliated, so why should they run? They should still hang on and, and hope 
things will change, you have to be optimistic that Hong Kong will will change for the better from whatever perspectives. Yeah, I just want to remind Lo Kin Hei, who just said that you know people got locked up, but, but you know, don't mix it up. People got locked up under the national security laws is because of secession, subversion, terrorist activities, or collusion with foreign and, and uh, external forces endangering national security. You know that's that's the reason, but well, not yeah, you know, and, and, running and, and affecting and affecting election is also part of the national security law. If you read that, how how do you affect the election then? You know, you are asking people not to vote. Kifil has already said that if you don't run for election, then you may be uh, kind of uh, fighting the central government, something like that. Even before and, the and and, and Long Mandu also said that as well. Come on. Even before the uh, NSL came into came into place, you know, people sometimes you know don't agree with certain political party. So if he or she you know decides to run without the uh, blessing of the uh, party, then they, they 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 still can run, you know, without you know bearing the um, you know party name. That's it. Very simple, you know. What 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 NSL think, comes I into? I think is a member of DAB as well, and you can ask him why he talked about that. <laughs> um, Clement Wu, uh, J- yeah. John Lee, uh, Chief Secretary, this week yeah. said that the government was going to look into a law to regulate political activities. Uh, do you think further laws are necessary in this area? Just, sorry, yeah, saying he's saying the government was going to look at having a law to regulate political activities in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. He didn't no. provide any details. You, you're, you're not. Uh, no, no. no, you, no, you, no you, you don't see. You no. Don't see. no. You should see there, the, the political uh, political activities uh, can be ma- other things can be masquerading as political activities. I think that was the um, idea no, behind. You, no. As far as you're concerned, that there's no further need for legis- no, no. legislation like that. No, no, no. no. John, John Burns, what do you think would be the uh, attitude of the uh, of the authorities uh, in Hong Kong if the uh, Democratic Party didn't put up candidates? It, if they don't put up candidates, I wouldn't be surprised by this. I would expect that there might be one or two that would run anyway. I still go back to the question of the voters, because I think, you know, the parties depend on voters. And so the pandems have a brand, sort of, I guess I would say, which is about expanding citizen participation and holding the government to account. So the question is, to what extent would their participation uh, legitimize a system that um, restricts citizen participation and therefore be seen in the eyes of their supporters and their voters as not something that they could support? So I think this is the real issue for the Democratic Party. If they don't put up candidates, I don't perceive that that will get them into any trouble in spite of what uh, Chen Fei Lung and Lo have said. Um, but if they, and then on the issue of um, advocating boycotting elections, that meaning uh, don't vote, I think everyone has assumed that this would be illegal. This needs to be tested, I guess. Uh, so we haven't actually um, seen what the judiciary and the prosecutors and the police would say about this. Um, I mean, the, the new legislation does actually refer to that, although there's some question about whether it only applies once um, you're actually into the election period itself. So it is, it, it's there in black and white, John Burns. 
Uh, okay. Just uh, a quote uh, uh, under the under the amendments to the Elections Corrupt and Illegal Conduct Ordinance, inciting others uh, not to vote or to cast invalid votes through public activities during an election period will be considered illegal and punishable by up to three years in prison. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. You're right. So, I uh, I stand corrected. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Uh, John, we're, we're, sir. We're, we're in a situation where the Democratic Party can win 10 or even 11 seats in the, in the geographic constituency. I mean, the public is in the mood of anything but, you know, and they will vote for, they will go out and vote for, for, uh, for a Democratic Party. And they're t telling the supporter that, you know, I, I, as chairman, he's telling supporters that, saying that I won't give you that chance to vote. But if the Democrats are split 50-50 uh, and their supporters are likewise, then they'd only get half the votes, wouldn't they? Because only half the people would, would join the election, conceivably. Is that right? The supporter would thin the party, not the public. public is much, much bigger. And the public basically said anything but... No, <laughs> you think, I mean, this is the root Okay, so you, you think the public and, and the party would, would differ there? The public would be... Yeah, would they, they, they differ. They, they, they said anything but situation. They, the, the Democratic Party stand a good chance of winning 10 or even 11 or even 12 seats. Okay, Lokin, hey, why would you give that up? Why would you give the chance to win 10 seats? I think, first Sorry. of all, um, I think my party members have always uh, been fighting for democracy and fighting for better betterment of Hong Kong. That is something that I have never doubted. And I've been participating in politics for 15 years uh, since my graduation from university. And I don't see any part of my life uh, being not allegiance to HVSAR. Okay. Uh, Okay. At least, uh, can, can you just put you on pause? Sorry, Mr. Lowe, sorry, a, a late question there, a big question, uh, which we'll hear the answer to uh, after the news. Uh, and we want to hear from you as well. Drop us a line, backchat.rthk.hk. The weather, briefly, many cloudy with occasional showers and squally thunderstorms. There's a warning at the moment. 25 degrees now, humidity is at 93%. Six of the wanted officers were also arrested. You're listening to the news on RTHK. Welcome back, back chat on a Friday morning, last one of the week with Danny Gittings and me, Hugh Chiverton. We're talking about uh, Democrats taking part in the Legislative Council uh, elections. Uh, we have with us uh, Alan Lung, co-convener of the Path of Democracy, John Burns, Emeritus and Honorary Professor in the Department of Politics and po Public Administration at the University of Hong Kong, Lokin Hay, who's the Chairman of the Democratic Party, and Clement Wukin Man, Chairman of Taipo South Area Committee and a former member of the Taipo District Council. Once again, our email, backchat at rthk.hk and our Facebook page, backchat on rthk radio 3. Just before we get to the messages, uh, Lokin Hay, we were just, uh, uh, I cut you off uh, just before the news, sorry. Uh, uh, the, the question was, you know, that uh, uh, Alan Lung was saying that uh, the Democrats uh, stand a good chance of uh, getting uh, uh, seats in the Legislative Council um, through the geographical constituencies. He's talking about 10 or maybe uh, 11. Uh, and uh, so the question is why would um, the Democratic Party give up that opportunity? Well, uh, I 
think uh, first of all I'm not that optimistic. Uh, I don't I don't see uh, ten members of the Democratic Party uh, will be allowed by the vetting committee. Uh, that that is the first part. Uh, of course, they can be very optimistic, uh, but uh, I would be uh, quite reserved in this. Uh, and secondly, I think more importantly, for for political party, there are some. Uh, values that we treasure, and, and and we treasure those values, and 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 put them into practice. That is the way that my party is running. I've been in Hong Kong for so many years, and I've been uh, in politics for 15 years uh, since my graduation. And we paid allegiance to the Basic Law, and we supported Basic Law. We supported the One Country Two System for so many years, and so do the Teachers Association, which is forced to disband. And, and and I think there's so many things that have been happening nowadays uh, for two years that we think the system is something that we are not familiar with, and we're still learning what is going on with that. And for the election, I think, um, uh, of course, uh, there are some seats there, and if we run them, we, we might get some seats. Uh, but at the same time, I think we have to also look at the bigger picture, whether or not those things can uh, bring realistic and meaningful changes in the future. Um, and, and, and that is that is something I think my party members are, are considering as well. So um, not just about whether or not we want you to have those things, it's about what we can do with that. If we do something that is more progressive, we can be in trouble, uh, you know, Trying to win an election is also something that is that is that is against the national security law, and and I'm 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 so I'm so shocked that they are so optimistic that nothing will happen and everyone can run in the election and 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 the society will be just very good uh, no matter what that that is not uh, something I can uh, perceive. You said the Democratic Party can get some seats, but you say what ten or eleven seats is far too optimistic under this under the new system. So what are we talking about? So two or three, is five or six? Oh well, I, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I just I just believe that if uh, the Democratic Party uh, really try to fill somebody uh, in the election, I think some voters, uh, of course, not all of them, not all of our supporters, uh, but if only half of them uh, come up. To vote uh, in an in an election uh, system like now, uh, the the chance for people to get elected is still is still is still okay. So um, that is the point I'm making. Uh, the new election system basically uh, makes the competition much less. Uh, okay, some uh, comments from listeners on Facebook. Henry says, in Chinese we have a saying, minute defects in a person or entity tells the nature of that person stroke entity. For the Democratic Party, we saw Wu Chi Wai jailed. Uh, Li Wing Tat fled. Emily Lau asked by National Security to produce documents. Martin Lee, Young Sum, Alfred Ho all uh, indicted and sentenced. Do we need an answer to the question of the future of the Democratic Party? Anyone can tell. That's from Henry. Uh, Marcus uh, says, I think this is a reference to uh, uh, the chief executive, just ignore her. She's clearly as senile as the old waxworks in Peking. TC says, although I see no joy in this development, I can only say I told you so, in that being a moderate opposition party was never going to work. 
and uh, also TCC also says the logic of Carrie Lam and the CPC is rather interesting. There are many political parties who didn't take part in the political process. The African National Congress and Solidarity never took part in the political process during their early days. Also, it's strange to consider not standing for election a form of blackmailing and is breaking the NSL. And why should anyone risk tarnishing their reputation by being disqualified? Most importantly, why should anyone stand if they don't see a reasonable chance of winning? That's from uh, TC. Uh, Alan says, uh, Carrie wants everyone to go along with the CCP sham of democracy so they can pretend to the world that they are not a dictatorship, a government that has never and could never win a majority in a free election. They want to have elections and parties, but no one must present a real alternative or challenge the ruling party. If they do, they are vilified, harassed by police, prosecuted. Eventually the CCP will create fake parties to fill the role if the Dems won't grovel and provide the window dressing. That comes uh, from uh, Alan. And Bowen says the analogy that Hugh made with the present law prohibiting people from inciting others not to vote is wrongly made. A political party deciding not to participate in an election ought to be compared with someone deciding not to vote, which is legal. The party's members can decide to leave the party in order to stand. In any case, this discussion is becoming very strange. If there is not yet any law prohibiting a political party from not participating in an election, pressing on with a discussion as if there is such law is pointless or worse insidious intimidation isn't it that comes from Bowen. Alan Lung, your co-convener of the Path of Democracy, and the Path of Democracy has uh, stood uh, candidates in previous LegCo elections and presumably will again this time. Uh, surely you'll be a beneficiary if uh, the Democratic Party decide not to stand. Well, we did discuss it internally. Uh, the, the, the conclusion we came to was we don't stand a chance if the Democratic Party runs. And, and, and we think, no, <laughs> somebody, said, somebody said, what's the point of running if, if you're going to lose? I well, mean, so the, the, they will sweep it. And, and we are sort of slightly blue already, light blue already, and we don't stand a chance. They didn't stop the, you uh, standing before, though, did it? It didn't stop the uh, Puff Democracy running candidates before, did it? Well, that was the lesson learned. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get this right. You, you'll only run candidates if the Democratic Party don't run candidates, basically. Uh, this is why they should. There, there are people within the uh, uh, part of democracy, not me, that are unhappy with the decision. That uh, they think they're 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 holding us, they're holding them back for the Democratic Party decision. And and I think you know, based on based on the uh, the uh, you know, our reading of of the situation, we have people who are who are who've been in the business longer, you know, like me. I've been here. I've been in the business for 30 years already as an observer. And so, so does uh, uh, Ronnie Tong, who's run for uh, election many, many times. And this, is, this was our assessment, that the Democratic Party will sweep the, the seats. And if they put up 10 candidates, they will win 10 seats. If they put up 11, they, will, they have a good chance of, of, of winning 11. And we don't stand a chance. Okay. Uh, I think we, we should put that to Lokin Hay. <laughs> Lokin Hay, there are people, people waiting uh, to step into your shoes if you decide not to stand, right? <laughs> well, well, I think, I think what, what he just said is, uh, is just uh, contradictive to what he has said uh, uh, some time ago. Um, yeah, because you think you don't stand a chance, so you don't go for the election. And 
and you you question me why we don't go for election. I think that is a very strange no, no. part. Uh, so, but 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 anyway, I, I, of course, I know there are a lot of people waiting for the, the uh, decision of the Democratic Party. But it's their problem. It's not my problem. Uh, my problem <laughs> here is that I have to make sure that my party members have the a chance and the time to discuss thoroughly the decisions before them. So really? that is my responsibility. Your, your problem is to keep your party from falling apart? Yes. yes. Can that, that is very important for me as well. Yes. I'm sure there are more than 11 members of the political party who are eligible and if they, if they participate, they will win. Well, you are very optimistic. <laughs> Thank you. Well, well, this is, you know, we have... I think this is the most important um, period of time, you know, since the Hong Chang Chong Tai was disqualified because something he had done in the past, you know. But you have got so many members in your party, and you are, you are asking asking them not to run. You know, we are, we are actually going through the, a very, um, you know, uh, uh, I think probably the most important part of the the, the, the period of time, you know, since what? the return of Hong Kong what? to to really? China, and uh, so. Really? Okay, okay, maybe, maybe you, you, you're not clear about the future, but I, I think you have to be optimistic. Well, I mean, really, to be fair to uh, the Democratic Party's fear, uh, they did say, that, uh, the authority did say that the uh, national security law, law will not be retro retrospective. And what they're doing, they're overdoing it, really, really, really. And they should hold back and, and put some certainty uh, 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 trust of the average people into the system. I mean, the, the, the authorities should really, really consider what they're doing is the right thing for Hong Kong and for China. Okay, there's a question I want to put to maybe to John Burns and to, and to Mr. Wu as well. Is, you know, a lot of the, the uh, correspondents talk about uh, window dressing, and, you know, and there's political vases, and this is just a show, and, uh, and things like this. Is, is that right, uh, uh, John Burns? Do you, do, you, do you see it like that? Do you read it like that? Do you understand why people understand it like that? I certainly do. I mean, I think the whole purpose of this is to demonstrate that the new election arrangements have legitimacy. It's all about legitimacy. And so this gets to the very core of why the Democratic Party is in a dilemma, because, you know, it is, um, it's about expanding citizen participation and these kind of things. So why should they participate in something that restricts citizen participation? Also, I guess in this debate about, uh, you know, whether the... Uh, Democratic Party candidates could win or not, I guess I'm, I'm also pessimistic about this because this is sort of assuming that the turnout of pandem voters will stay what it has been in the past, and I think this is probably not true for the reasons that I've uh, just outlined. So, um, you know, it is about legitimacy. Is legitimacy window dressing... Um, I mean, the Communist Party thinks legitimacy is important. And as I said before, everyone in, under the age of 50 in Hong Kong has participated in some kind of competitive elections. People in Hong Kong kind of expect this. But still, I'm not very optimistic about that the Democratic Party was running unknown candidates, people that people just have absolutely no idea about, will be able to attract uh, very much support. Mr. Wu, is it? Uh, there, there, there was, is it pretend? 
uh, there are so many unknown candidates in the uh, district council election in 2019, and most of them you know all won. You know, so it. Um, what, what about it, the charge that it's just window dressing? It's just a show. Uh, these are political vases, uh, and so on. I think on the one hand, you know, of course, the government would, would like more people to participate in in a competitive um, re-election. You know, for legislative council, as I said, you know, this why? is a very why. As a, well, well, of course, you know, more more people coming forward to participate. This is of course better than less people. You know, because everybody's matter. You know, legislative council, they are lawmakers. You know, they make laws. So, I, I think that having different points of views and and and. Um, Opinion uh, inside the uh, council, whether it is district council or legislative council, is is important, and I, and I think that of course the government would like to um, encourage people to come forward rather than refraining from participating in political system. How about the strategy of the pro-establishment camp in the elections? We we, we just heard, of course, Anna Lung saying that uh, for the path of democracy, their strategy crucially depends on whether or not the uh, Democratic Party uh, stands for for the pro-establishment camp. Does it make much difference whether the Democratic Party stands? Um, well, I I think so. Well, probably, if, if you're talking about the strategy, you know, we are actually preparing... Um, you have too many candidates, don't you? I mean, uh, uh, one of the cha effects of the uh, changes to the election system, the reduction in the number of uh, directly elected seats, you you have uh, too many candidates from the pro-establishment camp seeking a smaller number of seats, basically. That's right. And, yeah, and, and that is why, uh, you know, whether the uh, so-called pro-democracy camp candidates will be there or not, you know, has an has an effect, you know, on the um, result of the twenty seats. You know, if if they're not there, then you have a chance to get more than ten. Do you think? I, I, well, of course, for sure. <laughs> you know, if if they are not participating, of course. Well, but if if the Democratic Party is not participating, and you have some other more minor group like apologies, let alone the Path of Democracy. Oh yeah. Say, then, then your chances increase of getting more than ten, don't they? Um, I'm not sure actually. It it really depends on uh, the turnout rate, you know, of the. Um, voters. Uh, uh, however, um, uh, I would have thought um, the, 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 voting, the voting rate uh, would remain high, and uh, I, I hope so. And uh, if, if they do, if they do come out to vote, according to uh, uh, the, uh, the, the kind of 40, 40 to 60 percent kind of ratio or 45 to 55 percent ratio, I don't think that's going to change a lot. You know, so, so any uh, pro-democracy camp candidates uh, will stand a very good chance to, uh, to, to win. Yeah, Alan Lung, do you see that? Because even if the Democratic Party uh, doesn't, you know, its members don't officially join, yeah, it's, it's surely there's a strong possibility that there will be lots of independents. Well, Mike Rouse, I think, said to... Is Mike uh, Rouse Democratic camp? Uh, whatever. He said, didn't he say to Emily Lau that he, was, uh, that he was thinking of standing? He I'm said, sure, well, yeah, he yeah said, I think so. he has said that. I think there's a lot of people uh, who might say, you know, I'm the less blue, let me put it like that, or something, <laughs> or a lighter blue, blue candidate or something like that, um, uh, and Actually, would, then, would then, fancy a go at being a, a legislator. Let's ask Alan Lung. Alan Lung, would you consider sponsoring Mike Rouse for the Path of Democracy? <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike Rouse is a member of the Hong Kong Democratic Foundation. Yeah. It's uh, one of the longest political group. His problem is he, 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 he's... Well, he's a Chinese citizen, but he, he doesn't speak Chinese very well, so he has problems. Sure. Okay. So, but but you know what I mean. There there, w there will be lots of kind of uh, independence as you get in any election. There I, there, I, there will think, be people I who think, are just doing yeah. things under their own steam. Will the, will the voters go for them? I think even if the Democratic Party internally decided not to let their candidate runs, 
some people will run as independent or form yeah. an alternative, uh, you know, Democratic Party. Uh, therefore, making the, the original Democratic Party irrelevant. But will they be? Will they attract votes? Will the voters yes. go for them? Definitely. Yes, they will. So how about that, looking Hey, that if you decide not to run, you, you will, you'll essentially become irrelevant because you, you know there are members in your party who've already made it pretty clear that they are going to run regardless. They they will they will quit the party. Some of them are quite well known, and so mm. and you they will become the new Democratic Party, basically, looking Hey. I think I think as what I have said at the very beginning, for a political party, there are a lot of things that can be done. If you can stand for what you have been standing for in a long time and you try to uh, do it in a way that, that is not uh, welcomed by the people, uh, I think we will be irrelevant either way. So um, I, I think if if we finally decided not to go for election, uh, of course we will have other paths uh, ahead of us uh, if the government didn't disband us. Uh, so um, we, 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 of course, will keep on fighting for the Hong Kong people and keep on standing with the Hong Kong people. And I believe that uh, with those efforts, uh, we will be very relevant uh, in terms of uh, Hong Kong people's support. You ask the path of democracy, if we don't have any seats, uh, in, and if they have some seats, whether or not the people will support them or support us, I think our supporters will keep on supporting us instead of supporting we, 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 we democracy. We don't stand a chance against you. <laughs> we run <in> elections. <laughs> so, so it's even about the representation of the people. It's not just about the votes. If we can represent some part of the Hong Kong people, then we are re relevant. And if That's somebody true. thinks that if you don't have a seat, then you are irrelevant, then I think they're not respecting the Hong Kong people. So, sorry, sorry. The, re the sorry. reality is that television or whatever news media won't cover it. No, it's no, the social media era. Sorry, Mr. Wu, we, we cut off your mic. Go on. If you don't have the seats, what platform do you have? <laughs> it's, it's the social media era now. Don't just live in the past. Resources and everything, so... Okay. Well, thank you very much indeed. That's a subject I'm, sh I'm sure we will return to at some point. Thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. Clement Wu there, Wu Kinman, who's chairman of the Taipo South Area Committee and a former member of the Taipo District Council. Thanks to Lokin Hay, chairman of the Democratic Party. John Burns, uh, honorary professor in the Department of Politics at Hong Kong U. And Alan Long, co-convener of the Path of Democracy. One more comment. Uh, in an email from KLC who says what Professor Burns said is very true. His views are in line with the common people. Uh, pandemics on the ground. My family, three votes, won't go to the polls forever here. Don't do any polls forever here. The other speakers are just stating the party lines. That's from uh, KLC. Thank you very much in, indeed for that. And thanks very much indeed to uh, all our guests and everyone who commented uh, as well. Finally today, uh, the Vice President of the United States, Kamala Harris, is returning from a week-long trip to uh, Southeast uh, Asia. She had uh, meetings and uh, uh, events and speeches in Singapore and uh, Vietnam, now headed back to Washington. Uh, how did she do? How did the US do? Uh, for comment, we're joined now by Alejandro Reyes. He's Director of Knowledge Dissemination and Professor at the Asia Global Institute at the University of Hong Kong. Uh, Mr Reyes, good morning to you. Good morning. Hi, thanks for joining us once again. Uh, so, how, what, okay, how did it go, do you think? First of all, in, in Singapore, it seemed like uh, she kind of got a thumbs up from Singapore, is that right? A little, a little bit more stronger support for the US from Singapore than expected, is that right? 
Well, one would always expect uh, Singapore to uh, be um, uh, so supportive of the United States, at least certainly the presence of the United States uh, in East Asia. Uh, Singapore um, is distinctive uh, because it does have a U.S. military facility uh, there um, still. So um, I, I think that there are really four things that probably uh, have come out of this meeting. One is um, uh, Kamala Harris. Of course, you know, the, her, her trip was rather overshadowed by the unfolding events yeah. in Afghanistan, yeah. which, uh, which, which created some interesting context. But um, if you look at four things, one, she brought up the South China Sea which issue, which um, I think this is an important um, uh, aspect where she's you know, the United States is is essentially um, uh, staking its um, its interest in, in the region and uh, you know challenging China. They said they would stand with our allies in the face of threats. So the, the language was pretty strong. Um, and then there was, I think, um, uh, vaccine diplomacy involved here as well, particularly in Vietnam, where. Um, uh, the vice president was uh, was offering um, one million doses to Vietnam, and of course the Chinese um, ambassador moved in ahead of her to offer two million um, doses um, of the Chinese vaccine. Now, of course, uh, Chinese uh, vaccine diplomacy has been um, very active in the region, although the region, many countries in the region, have been sort of um, losing interest in the Chinese vaccines because of their lower um, efficacy, at least uh, uh, perceived efficacy. And then um, uh, Vice President Harris also um, made an announcement um, in Singapore that uh, the United States would host uh, the APEC 2023 um, conference uh, summit. And um, that was important because it basically said, well, we have an, a strong economic interest in the region. Um, now, the United States had started um, the ball rolling with TPP, but then Donald Trump took the United States out of TPP, and TPP went ahead. Um, the trade agreement went ahead um, as the CPTPP without the United States. And it's interesting, of course, that South um, Singapore and, um, and Vietnam are two countries that are both members of the CPTPP and um, uh, the RCEP, the, R, the, um, the major trade agreement that uh, involves China. So that was also important because um, I, I think it's important that the United States uh, start to enunciate some kind of economic policy towards the region, uh, although they have not yet done so in a coherent way. And lastly, I would just point out that you know Singapore and Vietnam are authoritarian states, really, in, uh, within the region. Uh, President Biden so far has articulated uh, a strategy for the region that uh, casts uh, democracies against sort of China's authoritarian uh, model. Um, so it raises questions. Uh, if, if Biden is going to convene said, a, a summit of democracy at the end of the year, the uh, question is, would uh, countries like um, Singapore be invited? Would Thailand be invited? Uh, there, there's talk that um, Biden wants to invite Taiwan um, uh, to this summit, and and that could of course uh, create problems with China. So, so those are the four things that I think um, uh, really came out of this meeting. Are you saying she should have been going to democracies instead, like Philippines and so on? Well, uh, it's interesting that she was preceded a week earlier by uh, the Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, who went to both Singapore and Vietnam, but he also went to the Philippines. 
and um, he, in, in some ways, he did more heavy lifting than um, than um, the vice president because in the Philippines he came away with a, 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 a big um, gift, I would say, from President Duterte, where uh, the president um, did uh, uh, restore the visiting forces agreement that um, he had been a bit ambivalent about. And uh, President Duterte very clearly said, well, uh, one of the reasons why I decided to restore that agreement was because the United States had given, um, donated um, vaccines to the Philippines, 3 million Johnson & Johnson vaccines in July and 3 million Moderna this month. Uh, so vaccine diplomacy in that case very clearly worked. You, you keep, um, yeah, keep, keep trying this vaccine diplomacy. It's really vaccine competition, isn't it, right? Especially, um, as you mentioned, in Vietnam, where America and China were queuing up to see who, who, could, who could provide more vaccine doses. Right. And I, I think that that's quite an uh, interesting aspect, because um, if you think about um, what's the opportunity cost of, of not having sort of cooperation, global cooperation, I mean, there is the COVAX uh, system, the COVAX uh, mechanism for uh, w, under the WHO uh, to provide vaccines. But um, is there some opportunity cost through this vaccine competition rather than some kind of cooperation? Uh, now, of course, uh, th- there is this vac- vaccine nationalism that you have in terms of, um, you know, which vaccines are better than others. And, of course, uh, and now you see uh, certain countries are, are starting to mix. Like, I believe Thailand had at one point had um, Chinese vaccines, but now they're giving boosters or uh, additional shots to uh, citizens who had taken Sinopharm or Sinovac vaccines and uh, administering AstraZeneca vaccines. So, um, yeah. Okay, here's an email from Peter uh, who says, uh, ultimately the U.S. is preparing for war with China. Kamala Harris, Blinken, Lloyd, Aston visits aim to one, rebranding Asia-Pacific into a quad-dominated Indo-Pacific military alliance led by the USA, two, trying to divert supply chains away from China, three, stall China's Belt and Road Initiatives uh, projects in Asia, uh, four, trying to convince Southeast uh, Southeast nations and Australia to host new US bases and missiles on their soil, pointing at China. The US is creating a new 400,000-strong military force for Asia-Pacific, aiming to contain China in South South and East Asia by 2024 and to deploy new hypersonic and medium-range missiles by 2028 all over Asia. That comes uh, from uh, Peter. Uh, do you agree with that, Mr. Reyes? Uh, that's rather very, very detailed, and um, I, I, I don't know whether uh, the United States is preparing for some kind of war. I would imagine that um, all sorts of contingencies are in the minds of the folks in the Pentagon. But um, it, it is an interesting, and part of what he's talking about is, is, is what is the quad? And I think that's one of the concerns that the ASEAN would have and that the Singaporeans uh, certainly would have is if the United States is moving forward uh, trying to bolster the quad, which is Australia, India, Japan, and the United States, and trying to make it into some kind of incipient uh, NATO for the region. Uh, so far, they focused only on sort of vaccine um, distribution on infrastructure and uh, sort of soft issues like that, if I can use the word soft. Um, but um, there are thoughts that, um, that the United States would like to make this a little bit more of a um, the beginnings of a stronger 
security architecture in the region. And if that happens, then I think it does create issues for ASEAN, which is very uh, cold, a bit lukewarm to this idea, because, of course, ASEAN sees itself as the fulcrum, as the, the pivot um, for the region, as the you know, ASEAN centrality. And it would concern them if the United States is trying to create this this um, a new kind of umbrella uh, security architecture for the region. Mm. Well, very interesting. Thank you very much indeed for, for joining us. Alejandro Reyes there, Director of Knowledge Dissemination and Professor at the Asia Global Institute at the University of Hong Kong. One more email from Din on our earlier conversation, uh, who says quite clearly the government wants a happy LegCo comprised of a majority of obedient supporters and a minority of compliant opponents to lend the system a veneer of respectability. Shouting, gesticulating, waving banners and placards and throwing bananas and sandwiches will be prescribed and most definitely not missed. That's from Din. Thank you very much indeed for that. Danny, thank you very much indeed. And uh, thanks to uh, Yuki Junk, our producer, for another uh, busy week. Uh, leaving you now with the weather. Mainly cloudy today with occasional showers and some squally thunderstorms. The showers will be heavier in some areas in the morning. Sunny intervals during the day with a maximum temperature of about 31 degrees today and a few showers and sunny intervals forecast for the weekend. And for early next week, there's a thunderstorm warning at the moment. 26 Celsius, relative humidity at 91%. From February 27th next year, the eligible age of the government $2 public transport fare concession scheme will be lowered to 60. To enjoy the scheme, Hong Kong residents aged 60 to 64 must apply for a Joyu card via the Octopus app or by mail during designated periods. Those born in 1958 can apply from September 1st to 30th this year. For details, visit the Joyu card webpage at octopus.com.hk slash J-O-Y-Y-O-U or call 2266-2222. the news with Todd Harding. 13 U.S. servicemen have been killed, along with dozens of Afghans, in an attack by the Islamic State group on the crowds at Kabul airport. In an emotional speech, President Biden paid tribute to the Americans who lost their lives and promised the assailants would be hunted down and made to pay for their actions. Dozens of children abducted from an Islamic school in northern Nigeria three months ago are reported to have been released. 136 pupils were seized from a seminary in Tegina by gunmen demanding a ransom. And the man who led the European Union's negotiations on Brexit, Michel Barnier, has put himself in the frame to challenge Emmanuel Macron in next year's French presidential elections. Mr Barnier is one of a number of potential candidates for the centre-right Republican Party. We'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Thanks, Todd. Yeah. GIF.